once you lay that foundation is where that creativity begins. Because once I understand, the most powerful thing with those students, uh, Don, was once they understood the power and the basics that they possessed, they began to coordinate car washes for the community. They began to make money. Just it, it, it became, I, I'm more aware yeah. of my opportunities that are around me. And then I become creative and I think of things that other people didn't. Welcome back everybody to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. Crucial conversations. I've got my buddy Jamal with me. Jamal, how you doing? Man, you know I'm doing excellent. Play a play. Yeah, it's a rough week in the household of Wetrick. Um, yeah, strange week. I uh, I say this with a heavy heart. A lot of times, if you really listen closely on some of my episodes, you can hear this faint snoring. And uh, that was my Zoe girl. Uh, we had a dog. She was almost 14. And uh, she liked being with me. But when I did a podcast, she had to be with me. Or if I had a Zoom call, she'd always like literally would scratch at the door and she'd bark. And so, I'll, heck, there's probably been a couple episodes you hear her bark. I'm like, dang, going <laughs> Zoe. And uh, she took a very bizarre turn for the worst and, and died. Um, <clears throat> man, nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. I'll get emotional. But yeah, the, the strange, strange week in the Wedrick household. Sunday evening, she was fine. She was running. Well, Sunday afternoon, doing some yard work. She was joining me Sunday evening. She had kind of a weird cough and she had trouble breathing. And uh, Monday, she really started acting weird and uh, took her to the vet. And um, they, yeah, yeah, that was it. She did sell yeah. really fast. So anyway, uh, so other than that, is the best times, worst times, because also on Monday was our first pitch competition, uh, one of nine. We do the nine regionals. Yeah. And um, one talk today, Jamal, about slow, steady growth. And how sometimes you don't notice it until you take a step back, right? Kind of like, like, kind of like when, like when some of your relatives haven't seen you, like when you were a little guy, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden they hadn't seen you in like six months, and they saw you like, oh my gosh, right? Jamal's grown. Yeah, um, we're starting to see that, and and, and um, I, I think that's the hard thing about just education in general. For for those of you that may know. Um, I run the state of Indiana pitch competition. It's a, it's a high school entrepreneurship innovation competition. And don't get me wrong. In year one, it was good. And now it's getting great. I mean, like ridiculously good, it, it, mm. except it, it took some time to get there. And um, right. like, I think that's the one thing that when people are like, I, in some cases, I think ungrateful, you know, I, I we get beat up on education. Well, what they are uh, like, you know, schools ought to schools ought to schools have changed a lot. Yeah. And I think that they've made a lot of improvement. I kind of want to focus on that tonight. Yeah. So so let's 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 talk about growth then. Um I th I think that with with growth, there's a there's a concept or a really good book. It's by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect. Um and really what it talks about is how little things add up. If you ask most people, if I will give you three million dollars today or one penny that doubled every day for 30 days, which one would you take? Which one would you take Don? Well, just because I know this, that I know the <laughs> compounding, I know the answer to this, but it, it does sound kind of crazy at first. Right. So, right, yeah. so most people would take 3 million 
But then if you do, if you take the penny that doubles every day for 30 days, you actually end up somewhere you end up somewhere north of five million. I forgot the exact number, but it greatly exceeds the um, the three million. So, I, you know, I, I, I give that analogy to, to talk about growth. A lot of times um, with growth, it, it really starts with some just real basic, actionable items. So so I guess I guess let's talk about kind of the steps it, it, it took and some of the things that you had to overcome and some of the things you had to change to, to see the growth that you see now. Yeah, I'd say in the first case, uh, it was just the preparation. We had some schools that were always good at this, but because they already had classes like this, they either had an innovation class or they had an entrepreneurship class or they had a, a BPA or a DECA program. It was the schools that all of a sudden wanted to participate that didn't know some of the basic lingo. When we started to introduce that, we saw an explosion in growth. And, and, I, and I think that the interesting thing is it kind of also raised the bar for everybody else that some of the schools that had done well, they heard the footsteps coming. And, mm. uh, and, and again, not that, not that those schools still aren't doing great. They are. But uh, I, I think equal to playing field, because again, some of the schools like, that didn't have these kind of classes, they'd have some good ideas. They're a little rough. But all mm -hmm. of a sudden, when you start talking about market validation, we start talking about scalability, you start mm -hmm. getting like having them like, what is your comparative advantage? Uh, like, those are not difficult concepts. And when we all of a sudden started introducing no. that, some of the kids are like, wait a second. That's where we all of a sudden start seeing growth. So, so that, so that basic learning curve, really from the where I've been or the, the schools that I've been in, um, on my last few years of life, I have, um, experienced learning. Learning really is, is the work, um, and over putting yourself in the position of a learner and learning the most basic things. And I think, um, as if, if we're going to see growth in our lives, understanding that learning the the basic things are the things that really help us grow the fastest because when you start to conceptualize those things and you start to put those things in order you build that foundation and from the foundation you start to experience um just different thoughts and you be that's when you become creative it's almost like that that video that you shared the other day uh, a prince and I had never seen Prince perform live other than the Super Bowl. And I'm watching Prince and he and he kind of says, you guys, you guys want to hear the first song, song that I learned? You know what I'm talking about, Don? Oh, yeah. And he and he starts saying, you know, uh, a Tina and Ike Turner song. Yep. But he was like, that's all I know. And then he plays, you know, Sweet Thing. Um, and, this, and it was the most beautiful rendition of Sweet Thing that I had ever seen. And for me, that was that he, he showed me where he started and then where he ended up and he kind of showed some of the in-between but it's that it's the basic chords and the basic notes that he played but he put them together in such a beautiful way to play a song and I had never seen him do that before but mm. I was like man <laughs> that's why Prince is Prince. So our, I always thought we had a really strong friendship. It just got stronger. Because if you're going to start acknowledging Prince at the fact that he's the best ever, then we're better. Um, but no, I, I agree. And I think it's ironic. I think there's some people that are going to be like head scratching because I've been critical of education and not 
having enough focus on innovation. That being said, <clears throat> I think you were the first person that really brought it to my attention when I first met you out in Tampa is that like, we're not, you, you can't be ready for innovation unless you have some of the, the basics down. Right. And, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I, I think that I, I've gotten to see that firsthand and over the last three and a half, four years with this contest is that the, the basics of, 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 in some cases, business, entrepreneurship, uh, startups, once we introduced it to them, it was kind of like this, oh, so that's what you mean. Oh, so right. I should survey people. That's what you mean by market value. Right. Oh, so all you really mean is the demand is there. People want this stuff. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. Because when they pause to think about like, you know, in some cases, like this is a good idea. It says who? It says me because I thought it up. Who's going to buy it other than you? Oh, so once you start like getting some of the basics, that's when we saw explosion and, and growth. And and I, and I do have to admit, I mean, like, yes, I am critical about <clears throat> there not being enough focus on innovation in school. But I do see that, you know, the basics of innovation also need to be taught. And, 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 right. and, and yeah, I mean, don't even right. know, reading, writing, all that good stuff. Yes. But the basics of innovation also, it has to start somewhere. Correct. You know, the, the, the greatest year I ever had in the classroom was after I met you and you came and you did all, you, you did your speech and we had our interaction and then I called you a year later. Well, that year, that was the, you know, teaching at Title I school. I was like, there ain't no way my kids are just ready for these projects. And, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, just release them to create on their own. It took me a year to teach them or I say, half a year to teach them just the basic things. I had the luxury of kids rolling with me. And for those of you who don't know what rolling is, it's basically when your sixth graders become your seventh graders and your seventh graders become your eighth graders. So my kids rolled with me. And that that second year, I was able to really implement more of those concepts from that that you taught us at that training than at any point. But you know, those kids I, I had the opportunity to be their assistant principal for a day at one of their schools because, you know, COVID, their administrators got sick and I live on the other side of town. And, you know, I was working on the other side of town, but I, I went over there and I saw those kids. They were all doing extremely well in school and sports. You talk to them. It's, it's ingrained in who they are and what they've become. And just like you said, it's like, man, like you've grown so much one kid came up to me he's like hey man you remember me i was a little kid with the, what's the name i didn't even recognize him but it was he still remembered the the things that we did yeah in that class and he and like their their thinking is different they're the valedictorians those the they're the kids in student government running the school it had nothing to do with anything other than the fact that they felt a little more prepared than their peers I, I perceive because of the, the basic foundation. So laying a good foundation is, 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 a, is a key part of growth. And when I say a foundation is just the learning the basics. Yeah, I mean, I remember that year too, because like you even had, you set up a call with a couple of students and the one kid that was doing the car sales and everything else. And mm -hmm. yeah, they were just on fire. And, and, and right. as I'm like thinking about that and the memories of it, 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 it like I said, this year, last year, the things that melted my heart was, and actually I, I should, I should take two steps back. The only thing bad about this year's competition 
is that we have some things that are so good that I don't want to scare people off. That they, I, I have enjoyed the fact that we've gotten so many more kids this year that got involved because you could tell this is the first time they're like, wait a second. Right. I see a problem. Okay. And even though their even though their idea was a little rough mm-hmm. and it wasn't really affordable or it wasn't really within a budget, it was you could tell it's the first time they're like, wait a second, wait a second. I got a plan. And that really and, and that's the hard thing about this competition. Yes, we're rewarding financially uh those ideas that like, okay, like this needs to come to market, like this needs to right. win. But at the same time, I, I'm so happy that we have so many scholarships for like, hey, hey, Sally, hey, Steve, whatever. Like, hey, kid, yes. Yes. You, you, you identify, because that's always been our theme. Like, can you identify as a, pro- a problem as an opportunity? And really even the subtleties between being seeing an opportunity and being opportunistic. Being opportunistic right. is you're just kind of being an asshole. Seeing an yeah. opportunity and wanting to do better and wanting to make things better. And that's what's that's what it's all about. And so, yeah, I got to be honest, like this (laughs) recanting these memories makes me feel good, but it also, it also gives me strength on why we're growing this and why we're doing this now and going to be in more States. Is this, it is like that. It's, it's the, it's the, the mass amount of kids, not the upper level. Don't get me wrong. The kids that win, they deserve to win, but just massively changing those mindsets of, seeing opportunities everywhere right is just the best thing ever right and and then you 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 think seeing the opportunity is where the creative process begins and and you know if if you notice i'm trying to keep us on just just some buzzwords just so we can just have anchors but just like we're talking now once you lay that foundation is where that creativity begins because once i understand the most powerful thing with those students uh don was once they understood the power and the basics that they possessed, they began to coordinate car washes for the community. They began to make money off of their ideas. They began to sell cars. I had one kid had $11,000 of inventory and $11,000 in the bank, $22,000. It just, it it, it became, I'm more aware of my opportunities that are around me. And then I become creative and i think of things that other people didn't even reference them back to prince the way that he played sweet thing i mean i'm looking at him and i'm like why i've never imagined that on the guitar and the way he picked it those are basic notes that he made sound magnificent and it was on an acoustic guitar it wasn't electrical it was acoustic but then you just go back to reality or reality or you know in, in in the business setting or in a school setting man, the, the, the level of creativity that I can now produce because that's when your individuality starts to stand out because I have the same information, but my perspective on that same information differs from every, everyone. And then people say, well, that's what makes me special. Mm, yeah. You know what? I'm, um, I just pulled this up because this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I actually came across it for the first time in like 1992. I read a book, um, Stephen Covey, uh, Habits of Highly Effective People. And um, he had several quotes in that book by other people, but this one was by George Bernard Shaw. And it sounds a lot like what we're talking about. Yeah. This is the true joy in life. The being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one. 
the being a force of nature instead of feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Mm. I'm of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die for the harder I work, the more I live. Mm. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle for me. It's a sort of splendid torch, which I've got to hold up for the moment. And I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. Right. Which, which for me conceptualizes the last part of growth doing mm -hmm. for others. Yeah. You can, you can, you, you're never going to grow as much as you, uh, you'll never reach your full potential if you're not doing something for others, I heard I heard somebody say that same thing like this. He's a he's a gospel artist. Uh, his name leaves my mind right now, but he sings a song. William McDowell. I give myself away. And in the song, he says, he says, when I die, I don't want to die full. He says, I want to die empty. And he says, what I mean by dying full, he says, I don't want to die full of my hopes. I don't want to die full of my dreams. I don't want to die full of all of my ambitions. When I leave this place, I want to be empty of all that, that God has put in me. So, so, and the only way to do that is to do for others. And, and really the, the theme, the theme of that class that I had in, in my last three years in the classroom became um, adding value to the lives of others. Because once I learn the basics, once I become create, creative, now I can add value to the lives of others because I see those opportunities not as, you know, being opportunistic because I, now I see those opportunities as a means to not only help myself, but help, help others in the process and enjoy doing that. I left it all out on the floor, said all great athletes after a game or after a career. Absolutely. Mm. That is a, I, I love that the way you ended it. I, uh, I'll just leave it there. I, I, good episode. Growth, seeing it, getting down the basics, but then seeing yourself as a purpose that you, you want to make that difference. So when we arm them with those basics, they can go out and do it. Yep. Love it. All right. For Jamal Crook, this is Don Wetrick reminding you that quote was by George Bernard Shaw <laughs> and those opportunities <laughs> are everywhere. We'll see you.